This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It's 9 o'clock straight up here in Western North Carolina. Welcome to a Friday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio, the 25th day of August 2023. We skipped the newscast this morning. I've got Dan Zampano uh, coming up here in a few minutes, and I wanted to have some extra time to talk with Dan this morning. Uh, it is the time for his NFL predictions that uh, I will be uh, writing down and uh, reminding him of all season as things go along. And uh, uh, this should be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Uh, so uh, we'll get to uh, Dan in just a couple of minutes. By the way, my long national nightmare is over. I finally have the air conditioner fixed in my house after 12 days. Uh <laughs> Thank the heavens. So uh, all is right with the world uh, here in Hayesville, North Carolina. Um, The Red Sox last night, how about beating up on the Houston Astros 17-1? to And the Red Sox managed to do what I said they needed to do at minimum, which was split the series with the Houston Astros. And then today they have the... Uh, Los Angeles Dodgers coming to Fenway Park. Mookie Betts making his return to Fenway Park. That is going to be something to watch. I'm not particularly happy. The game is on Apple TV. So it's not I, – I can't watch it on Nesson. It's on Apple TV. So in order to watch it, I have to stream, which, by the way, down here – in the middle of nowhere when you don't have high-speed internet is going to be a challenge, but I've got to try to watch at least the first part of it. I want to see the reception uh, that Mookie gets, so I will be uh, watching that at least uh, for the first few innings. Um, and the Red Sox need to win this weekend. Look, it, it, winning two out of three would be huge. If they don't, they have to win two out of three from Houston uh, in the three games at Fenway Park starting on Monday. But some way or another, if the the Red Sox have to come out minimum 500 these next six games, it would be great if they could, you know, come out four and two, maybe gain a little bit more ground as they did last night. The Red Sox now in the wild card race getting closer, but they still have work to do. And, you know, look, they got some help last night. As the uh, Toronto Blue Jays lost to the Baltimore Orioles. So, you know, they, they did get some help there. So now Boston just three and a half games back of Houston, who has the final wild card spot. They're two games back of Toronto, who they have to leapfrog before they can worry about Toronto. But after the first two games in Houston, to be where they are right now, I would I am surprised. Pleasantly surprised. But last night was just uh it was one of those games where you're watching it and you're saying to yourself, if this was a fight, they'd stop it. The Red Sox seventeen runs, twenty-four hits, and most importantly, no errors in the game last night. No errors. Brian Bale pitched seven innings. He did give up nine hits. 
but he struck out four. He only gave up one run through 103 pitches and saved the bullpen. They brought Jovera out to get the last two innings because the Red Sox had such a ridiculous lead. At the time, I think, when Jovera came in, it was 11-1. It was so bad that the Houston Astros uh, threw Martin Maldonado, their catcher out there, uh, for the ninth inning, and he gave up four runs and five hits. I mean, it was just gross. Uh, Alex Verdugo, a four-hit day. Uh, William Abreu, the young kid that they got from the Houston Astros in the trade for Christian Vasquez last year, uh, made his Major League debut a couple of games ago, went four for five yesterday, including his first Major League home run. So that was fun to watch as well. Uh, so it just it, look if you're a Red Sox fan, it was one of those pinch me days. My concern is that they used up all of their hits and all of their runs, and when the Dodgers come in tonight, they've got their work cut out for them. And I hope they left some in the tank uh, for for the game tonight. Um, you know, look, uh, they're they're facing uh, Lance Lynn tonight, who went over to the Dodgers in a trade uh, at the trade deadline. He's a guy that uh, has great career numbers, but he has not been very good this year. And he has not been great since he went to the Dodgers either. So if you're the Red Sox, you know, your hope is that they can get to Lance Lynn, get a big league, because you're going to need it. This Dodger team can hit. They don't know whether they're going to have Kenley Jansen this weekend. He left that game on Wednesday with a right hamstring tightness. You know he wants to pitch in this if he can because that's his former team. But Cutter Crawford will get the start for the Red Sox tonight. They need him to come up big. Uh, James Paxton is going to pitch on Saturday. And then Tanner Houck is going to pitch on Sunday. Julio uh, Arias is going to pitch for the Dodgers on Saturday. That will be a tough matchup for Paxton, especially Paxton's last couple of outings have not been very strong. So big weekend coming up for the Red Sox. Uh, they need uh, they need some positive results. Uh, two out of three would be absolutely wonderful. We're going to take a break. When we come back, the one, the only, Dan Zampano to join us to talk NFL football. Back in a minute, you're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call. And as we are every Friday during football season, Dan Zampano to join us. And, and Dan, this is the special week. I enjoy this week because this is where I get – in a position where I can hold your feet to the fire for the rest of the year. <laughs> this is uh, this is the prediction show. Um, uh, are you ready? Well, I guess I'll just stoke the flames while we're over here. You know, I mean, you gotta listen. The prediction show is because there are no bad predictions in my mind. I think that at the end of the day, nobody knows anything going into the season. We're going to get super surprised by some teams that we didn't quite expect to make it. And I think at the end of the day, I, the way I went through the, the entire NFL schedule, I went through the entire playoffs. We did all 272 games. We did all 13 playoff games wow. bit by bit. And, and you want to know something, Gene? What's if that? the schedule breaks, if the schedule breaks the way I see it, it will be the wildest last two weeks of an NFL season you have ever seen. It will be unbelievable. So that's what we're here to spew today. I'm predicting chaos at the end of the year oh man i can't wait for that all right but before we get there, there's a few other things i want to talk about uh, a few odds and ends as we go in to the last week of the preseason uh, i want to ask you a question 
Do you before we get to the things I want? Do you think there is a, we're going to get to a position where there's no preseason games? You know that was an interesting question posed earlier this week because you know we obviously saw the Isaiah Bolden injury that happened on uh, last last weekend with the Patriots. Um, you know, and, and I think the league did right in canceling that game and, and just ending it. I, I think there's no real better way to get live actual game uh, script, except for, or I'm sorry, especially for the quarterbacks, because even in those joint practices, and those joint practices are great. A lot of great work happens in those joint practices, but everything is scripted. Uh, the quarterbacks do not get hit. Uh, and, and a lot of the times it's just like no holds bar fighting. There's more fighting in it than actually playing. <laughs> right. So, you know, I, I, it's like a WWE contest, you know? Right. So uh, to me, I think there's no better way of getting you prepared for the season. Unless the league adds an 18th game, we take it down to two games, which I don't think the bag with 17 games. You might, I mean, if they go to 18, they're going to have to talk about player safety and adding and, and taking off a preseason game is going to be the first thing the PA right. is going to want. But uh, I think there could, I don't know if there will be a point ever where we get away from preseason games. It's just kind of a matter of taste. And when you're, some people like watching in the fourth quarter of those games, some people don't. Right. Right. I, I would rather uh, probably watch the grass grow in my front yard. Um, I have I have a hard time. I have a hard time. I, I'll be honest. And you know, look, I'm not the football junkie that you are. I mean, I'm the guy that though will watch a preseason, a, a spring training baseball game. So I guess it's kind of the same thing as far as you go. But when it comes to spring training games, I watch or, or preseason games. I watch the first half, right? And then after that, I've kind of tuned out. <laughs> So and and I don't think I'm unique. As are most people. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I, as are most. Yeah, people. I think so. All right, let's get to uh, to some of the things that were decided going into this last week. The 49ers have finally decided that Sam Darnold is going to be their backup quarterback over Trey Lance. So uh, mm. two things here: A, are you surprised? And B, uh, that means Trey Lance is going is leaving town, right? Well, I'm not surprised at all. I told Sam Darnold I thought would be the number two pick. You know, no surprise here from, I think, Kyle. I think Kyle realizes that Trey Lance just doesn't have it. And I don't know what they're going to be able to get for Trey Lance. They could use him as a developmental quarterback. Um, uh, And especially the fact that I believe a lot of his money is still guaranteed from his rookie contract. So there's really no reason to move Trey Lance at this point. Um, I would be surprised if they moved him this year. Maybe going into the offseason next year, they cut ties with him, sure, especially when some of those quarterbacks like uh, Justin Fields, like uh, Mac Jones, are, are those contracts are going to be coming up, Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, a lot of those guys have their contracts uh, about to be coming up for their fourth year. So uh, I would probably say Trey Lance is probably a safe 49er this year. Okay. Going into next year, we'll Okay. And, and, you know, the other part about that is I would think, too, is if you're a 49er fan uh, and maybe even in the front office, you're a little bit gun shy about going into the season with only two legitimate quarterbacks, considering the fact what happened last year where Brock Purdy, you know, found himself with a starting job. So maybe they're going to err on the side of caution to keep him. Well, I think probably so, but I think that 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 is a lot of that's been cleaned up because of the new rule with emergency quarterbacks right. not counting the roster. Right. So, so that's that's a, a rule that's been cleaned up. I imagine that there'll be and there are still quarterbacks out on the market. We talked about that last week. So, 
Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if Lance just stays on the roster for now. And if the worst comes to worst, that Trey Lance gets in the game, at least they can at least see, okay, has he learned anything? Has he developed at all? Because right now we haven't seen it so far this preseason. Um, the Buccaneers finally decided that Baker Mayfield will be their quarterback, at least for the start of the season. Um, uh, if you are a Tampa Bay Buck fan, you got to be going, oh, my, man, how the mighty have fallen, right? I mean, uh, we're going from Tom Brady uh, to Baker Mayfield. But this is really his last chance, don't you think? I mean, he, he's not – it's not like the guy's ancient, but – Hell, he was on a Carolina team last year that didn't have a good quarterback situation, and he couldn't stick there. So is this is probably his last shot. Yeah, we've really gone from hoisting the jolly. So there's a hole. There's a hole in the boat. Sit down, you're rocking it. I mean, we really have, haven't we? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's brutal. It's brutal. Yeah. Uh, again, no surprise here. This is probably not to ruffle any feathers. Look, they brought Baker in to see if he had anything left in the tank. I think he probably does have something. Uh, I, I don't foresee him, you know, lighting the world on fire. But at the end of the day, they know Trask is behind him, and he'll come in if Baker has, a, you know, a ton of issues turning the ball. I said it last week, if we're going to have mediocrity, we should have some guy that, that can see, see over the offensive line. And unfortunately for the Bucks, they're going to be going with uh, maybe, uh, you know, it kind of fits with their team. An eye patch might do, better, might do some good <laughs> for, uh, for Baker Mayfield this year. So we'll see. Um, the soap opera that is the Indianapolis Colts. Now, uh, they, uh, Jim Irsay has told Jonathan Taylor, if you can find a trade partner, go for it. Um, odds that he is still a Colt at the start of the season. hundred percent. I, 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 trade. How, how does this possibly sound? The, the Colts, not only won't sign him to a giant contract, but then they expect close to a number one in return. Right, Are right. you kidding me? Yeah. Like, there's just why wouldn't you just pay him at that point if he's that if he's worth that much? You know, I, I, I can't see. I think maybe a third rounder at best would be something. I think a comp pick would would do though for that. You get a third rounder and a comp pick. Uh, I think the Colts would settle for a second rounder. I just don't know who's gonna give that up at this point there are some suitors out there from what i've you know kind of gathered around the vegas insiders that have looked at it i know miami's a popular team that that is looking around i know denver might be sniffing around there for a running back i think dallas would be a really really good spot i think the one-two combination of taylor and pollard would be electric for them and that would set them on a new path and really bring them up so there's a team that was going to do it jerry would do it but i'm just not sure they're willing to pay that price yeah, and you know the other part of it is too with the with the lack uh, or the decrease in value for running backs around the NFL. I think it's even less likely that somebody's going to give up a number one for him. I mean, I, I realize he's only twenty four years old and he's put up some great numbers, but he's coming off of an injury, right? He's even he's not even ready to play yet, and uh, so it, it seems to me it's even less likely somebody would want to give up a one for him. And the expectations are going to be a contract extension, so that's part of right. giving up your comp your your picks. Right. Um, Speaking of running backs, uh, Zeke Elliott finally ready to get on the field. He did not play in the Patriots' first preseason or the second preseason game. He may play in the third. We'll have to see. But some interesting comments this week, and you and I talked about this before we went on the air. 
Sony Michelle this week, and you know, not that Sony Michelle is is some kind of running back guru or anything, but but Sony. Uh, he's a first round pick. Do you know that team? He's a first round pick. Of course, he, he knows. He knows. Well, but Sony Michelle made some interesting comments this week, where he basically said people that think that Zeke Elliott is washed up are out of their minds. You know that this he believes that Zeke Elliott is still a top ten running back in the NFL. Um, so, you know, and his point was, look, you know, he still was close to a thousand yards last year. You can debate whether 800 and a thousand are close or not, but you know, he said, and he still had 12 touchdowns. He said, he thinks this guy is going to be a difference maker for the Patriots. Well, uh, let me tell you something. Husbands and wives all the time have differences of opinion on what's clean and what's dirty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like uh, w- what's washed up and what's not. I mean, uh, define us, please give me a definition. Uh, uh you know, at the end of the day, look, uh, I appreciate Sony's words. I don't think he's a top 10 running back. I think he has lost a step. I think the reason why he wasn't getting those carries is because Tony Pollard was so much more explosive than him, and he had lost some of his firepower and his breakaway speed. Again, that's why Zeke is over here. Zeke is not here to be a home run hitting back. He's here to work the red zone. He's here to work the short yardage. He's here to pass block. That's why he's here. And I think he is an upper level player of guys that do that. Okay. So, that's you know, fair. to me, I think that that's where you can really say that is he washed up? No, he's not washed up, but has he lost a step? I think so. He's washed up from where he was in particular, but he's still a very, very good player. He's going to be a team player. You could see everything that he's talked about is he wants to win a championship here. That's, that was his mindset. That was his goal. That's what he said in interviews. And, and he's also really humbled himself to take on that lesser role and be a team player. I like what I've seen, at least heard from Zeke Elliott, not just this year with the Patriots, but even last year with Dallas. I thought it showed a lot of humility. Okay. All right. Uh, staying with the Patriots, uh, their second preseason game, perhaps the biggest concern might have been the offensive line. And you seem to think that that was, you know, that the Patriots' offensive line was going to be just fine. But they've got some guys that have kind of been playing out of position a little bit. But uh, I guess the good news is for the Patriots is uh, Michael Wenyu uh, is back, and whether he's going to be able yes. to play Week One, we don't know yet. But that's got. I mean, if you're the Patriots, uh, that's got to be a sigh of relief that that you're going to be able to get him back on the field sooner rather than later. Well, he's probably your best offensive lineman at right. this point, is Mike Onwenu. Yep. And, and, you know, I, I thought the Patriots would be fine at offensive line if they are healthy. Uh, I talked about those four guys across the line. Right tackle is going to be interesting to me. I, I, whoever wins that job, whether it's City Cell, who had just a miserable night uh, on, against the Packers, he was yeah. well, he was getting worked. Uh, Connor McDermott, we'll see. Calvin Anderson's still on the NFI list. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys out there. Stuber, I think, is as good as gone. There's so many guys fighting for that right tackle spot that I, that's going to be kind of an issue. And I think it might prompt New England. I know that they've brought in a lot of guys, but they've moved Riley Reef to guard. Yep. The, 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 the concern is depth at the position. If they lose somebody, there's not a really good replacement. To me, I'd like to see them bring in somebody, maybe in a trade, in a small trade. There's a right tackle and left tackle, kind of a swing tackle guy out in Arizona named Josh Jones, who seems to be possibly a guy that could be either cut or could be on the trade bait. I think that that would be a good move for the Patriots to bring in somebody like that. I know he's really an unknown, yep. uh, but he's played both left tackle and right tackle. He's been pretty solid for them. 
I, I would look to somebody like that because right now I don't see where right tackle is going to get filled. Uh, fairly small sample size so far, obviously. Uh, your impressions on two things. A, uh, the change in the Patriot offense, and B, the play of Mac Jones. I think I think Mac Jones played outstanding for the amount of pressure that he faced okay. on on uh, on Friday night. I thought he was great. Uh, I loved the RPO action uh, that Bill O'Brien's putting into that into that scheme. I think that's really going to open things up for Mac. That's part of what he did in Alabama. A lot of that stuff was the stuff he did, and he had one of the greatest college football seasons of all time. You saw it when he was able to get that. He had a really nice. Uh, slant route throw to Demario Douglas. He had another great catch by Kendrick Bourne doing some of those things. Kendrick Bourne has, has become a whole other player, by the way. He looks fantastic yep. this, this preseason, and I hope they can get him into the game. Uh, what's really going to depend is this is offensive line going to hold up. Uh, that That's the whole kit and caboodle of this whole of this whole situation. So I thought Mack looks poised. He, got them, he did a great job of getting them out of some bad plays and getting them and audibling them. That great run by Ramondre Stevenson was a really good example of that. I think Mac looks fine. It is all going to depend on timing, on rhythm, and on the ability for the offensive line to hold up. I think I think the future is bright for Mac this season. I think he could really ball out, but the rest of the team really has to rally behind him. You know, I don't know how this escaped me, but I, I realized something after we did our show last week, and that is that week one in the NFL this year, is the most important game in the Zampano household with the Patriots <laughs> and the Eagles in week one. I don't know how uh, I missed that, but, oh, my goodness. I mean, that's going uh, to be an event. How many people are going to be at your house watching this game? No, I'm not inviting anybody over. She's enough. <laughs> <laughs> she is enough. The and I said, the I'll take the coming? bedroom. You can have – no, I, I, I don't worry. I've been inundated with text messages, and all I keep saying to them, all I keep saying to them is this: You better not lose. You better not lose the game because you're favored. Right. Like for the first time in your life, you're favored. So good luck. No pressure. Don't lose the game because if you lose it, you're going to hear about it. You're going to hear about it loud and proud. Let me tell you. All right. Let's start with uh, the the fearless predictions for the 2023-24 season. Here we go. Let's get All after right. it. We're going to start. We're going to save the best for last. We'll save the AFC for last. Uh, so we'll start with the inferior National Football Conference. Uh, and let us start <laughs> with that team that is near and dear to your wife's heart. The Philadelphia Eagles, uh, fourteen and three last year. I mean, are we looking? Are, are they going to be as dominant this year? Look, I don't see there. I don't see there being a reason that they can't be. I mean, they're they're really returning most of the brigade from a year ago. I.e., uh, you know, the offensive line and defensive line, the most important position. They've added depth to that with the rookies that they've decided. Jalen Carter looks just as advertised. Uh, he hasn't preseason. Uh, they're only deeper on that side of the football. I think really the concern is a Super Bowl hangover. I, I don't want to see that from them. I think it'll be interesting how they use all these new running back gadgets. How are they going to use DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny? Kenny Gainwell seems to be getting a lot of traction in camp. That's what I really want to see from them. I think Philadelphia is going to be great. I got Philadelphia finishing as the number one overall seed uh, once again. I think they're going to be just fine. I think they're the best team pure football team in a football league. Uh, didn't Jalen Hurts get put on the Sports Illustrated cover? 
He did. I mean, he, he's like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, isn't he? I mean, he's just he's <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, well, you know, we, we all, he looks great. He, and well, I guess Michelle better hope that that uh, Sports Illustrated jinx doesn't rear its uh, ugly head, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely true. Definitely true. If you're looking at the rest of the NFC East, though, Gene, I would say this: I think that the Giants will come back down to earth. I, I thought they got really, really uh, a lot of luck last year mm-hmm. in especially close games. Uh, I think that I don't really see them as a playoff team. I think Washington is going to be bound for number one overall pick. I think they're really bad. I, I do not see a lot of hope, right. especially the offensive line looks really rough for Washington. Dallas, I think, is the wild card here. Uh, I, I think that they could be uh, unbelievably good and win the division. I also think that there is an opportunity for them to win like six games. What, what, I, what's I, gonna, I think that in between. But what could what could I mean? That's a what could send, what could happen that could make them win just six games? I, I think the implosion of Dak Prescott. I think I think some of the um, I think some of the loss of a balanced offense. Mm-hmm. They're going to be. They're going to. They might be a lot more conservative this year, which may kind of limit the explosive play rate and defensively they really have to be good in secondary they've got two great corners in stefan gilmore and trayvon Diggs. like they have two really good ones can the rest of the defense outside of the defensive line because we know how good parsons and lawrence are right outside of the defensive line can the rest of the defense gel there dan quinn has been a really good coordinator it's all really going to come down to the execution on offense and if they're not going to be too conservative I have the Cowboys finishing in second place in this division. I have them also making a wild card spot. You do. Okay. All right. Um, let's move over to the AFC North. And the Minnesota Vikings ran away with that division last year. But that Minnesota Vikings team is going to be missing a, a – you know, they don't have the same personnel they had last year. Uh, can can they repeat the kind of success they had last year, or is or are they, the the other part about it is the Detroit Lions are getting a lot of love from people. Is it legit? Mm-hmm. How legit is that? Look, I think the Lions, the way they finished last year, kind of makes you feel like they had a lot of momentum going into this season, right? Yeah. And I think the one problem with Minnesota. It's not just the fact that they've lost a lot of pieces on defense. They traded away some guys. It's that it just seems to be like they're kind of trying to compete, also trying to get their cap under control. And 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 to me, that's a really hard thing to. Won eleven games by one score or less uh, last year. That just doesn't happen. That's going to regress to the mean. I don't have Minnesota in the playoffs. Really? Uh, I, I don't think they make it. Yeah, I don't think they make it. I do have Detroit in the playoffs. I think Detroit will make uh, – I think that they have a toughness about them, a grit about them. There's a lot of hype around the city. However, I do not have Detroit winning the division. The team that most people are not talking about, that are sleeping on, and I've told you before, and I'll say it again, I hate to tell everybody in the NFC North, but the Packers are not dead. The Packers are alive and well. I, I have the Green Bay Packers winning this division, really, uh, winning nine games, and I think that they will because I think they'll be a balanced football team running the football. They'll play the best defense. They have the best defense by far, in my opinion, 
in that division. I think they are sound on the offensive line. Bakhtiari, he's not going anywhere. They made that very, very clear. He's going to be the anchor of that offensive line. And I think Jordan Love is really going to show us that he really has been developing over the last three years. And I think he'll manage his way to a division title with two really young receivers that are solid. I love the tight ends. The two tight ends that I've seen, the rookies, have been really good in the preseason. Mm -hmm. Do they have a lot of depth at that position? No. If one of Watson and Dobbs goes down, I think that'll be a major issue for them. But they do have a lot of young pieces that they put together, and they work it together really, really well. This is going to be a very tough knock-em-sock-em division, but I think the the ball is going to bounce the Packers' way. And I know everybody in the NFC North hates to hear that, but I think Green Bay is back, and I think they're going to be back for a long time because I really like Jordan Love. Did, did I hear you right, though? Nine wins wins the division? Nine wins will win this division. Wow. Wow. Now, we saw in Chicago the maturation of a quarterback last year. Uh, does he continue that? Can he make the Bears – help the Bears be a factor this year, or are they looking at, at, at fighting with the commanders for uh, the number one overall pick still? Look, I don't think they'll be fighting for the number one overall pick, but quarterback is an interesting term. Yes, pill is for Justin Fields, True. isn't it? I mean, That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Most quarterbacks really like to throw the ball down the field, don't yeah. they? And he'd rather not. I just don't see <laughs> a, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he'd rather would. I, I just don't see the, the pocket presence or awareness, even the out-of-pocket presence or awareness to throw the ball down the field. I just don't see it. And I also don't see the Bears' defense really that much improved. I think they've got guys that are coming up. I think they can be better. But to say they're going to jump from three wins with a number one overall pick and then make the playoffs, I find that very hard to believe. I got the Bears winning six games. Okay. I think they could be better, but they're, they're not making that big of a jump. How many games do you have the Vikings winning? Uh, Minnesota, I believe, had seven wins. Wow. Wow. How the mighty, how the mighty will yeah. fall. Just a little bit. All right, let's look at the NFC South. Anybody going to be over 500 in the NFC South this year? Because they weren't last year. <laughs> <laughs> one team. I think one team will. I think, again, nine wins, probably wins this division as well. Uh, at the end of the day, you got to go with the team that has the most veteran presence. I, I know people want to take a shot in this division. I don't think Tampa has the quarterback play to do this. I think they've got a good roster, but the quarterback is going to be such an issue I just don't see them winning that many games. I think they're going to be bottom of the barrel. Uh, Carolina, I really don't like what I see from them uh, this offseason. Their offensive line stinks, and I think Frank Reich is really putting his quarterback in a bad position to be successful. I think it might be tough uphill sledding for them. They'll be bottom of the barrel team, I think, as well. I think Atlanta can be really, really improved. I just don't see, again, the quarterback, I don't see a difference maker, and I think that defense is – Good, but also old at the same time. So I don't really see them making a lot of noise. I do like the Saints. I think the Saints have a lot of young, explosive talent, uh, especially at the running back position. They drafted a kid, Kendra Miller, that I think it'll be good. Chris Olave is another guy who had a breakout year as a rookie last year. I think he'll be a great downhill presence. It looks like Michael Thomas is back on his feet as well. And I think their defense is veteran-laden. They got Tyron Matthew. They got Demario Davis. They got Cam Jordan coming back. Uh, Dennis Allen is also a really, really good head coach, uh, uh, coaching the defense in particular. I think there's kind of a machine, and I think that they'll get back to the playoffs with David with uh, with Derek Carr. Okay, all right. 
Uh, let's go over to the NFC West, another runaway division last year. And I, I guess whether or not they can repeat this, I guess is going to fall kind of on the shoulders of Brock Purdy. But do you, who do you see challenging the 49ers in that division this year? Well, I think that there could be a challenge, and I think Arizona's going to have the hardest time doing it. I don't see them being it by any stretch of the imagination, right. even if Kyler Murray is able to return. I think the Rams have, have, have a decent chance. The problem with the Rams is that it can, the, the question is, can Stafford stay healthy enough for them to do that? Mm-hmm. Their offense can be good if he is healthy, and their defense is so laden with rookie free agents. They have so many rookie undrafted kids that are going to be playing defense for them. They're really throwing out the twos. They don't have number ones. They're throwing out all the twos except for Aaron Donald. So it's going to be a real tough challenge for them. I think Seattle has the horses to do it. I think Geno Smith, I don't think that was an outlier year. He's 31 years old. I think that he has been kind of waiting in the wings to show his talent. Now he's in a really good system that showcases his talents. They've got Metcalf. They've got Lockett. Uh, the kid Smith and Big Brother rookie got hurt. He'll be out for a couple of weeks to start the year, but I think he'll be great. They also have really good stable running backs, and I think their defense is young, but they have pieces everywhere around it. They brought Bobby Wagner back to really kind of shore up the defensive line. Or, I'm sorry, back to position, and they have two really good corners. I actually think, believe it or not, Gene, I think the Seattle Seahawks win this division. And I think San Francisco finishes second. And I think by one game, I got the Seahawks getting got the San Francisco 49ers getting to 10 wins. And I'll put San Francisco winning the wild card here. Wow. I did not see that one coming. Um, Sometimes you, know, you got to throw a dart. Well, you know, but I, but I think, you know, when, when I think about it logically, I think this is a fair – uh, probably a fair choice simply because, as you said last week when we were talking, it's going to be interesting to see if Brock Purdy can do this in the long term. You know, I mean, he, he kind of caught lightning in a bottle last year. But, it, you know, it's not like he's surrounded with a bunch. I mean, he's got a lot of talent around him. But it's going to be interesting, I think, to see if he can do this for 17 games. And, and I think that's probably what everybody's waiting to see. Yeah, I think so, too. I think Purdy is the key to this whole thing. I think that he could be really successful in his offense. Don't get me wrong. I think they'll be a good team. I think Shanahan will scheme them up, and they've got a great defense. But I think Seattle, uh, I think they're ready to take the next step because I think they've done a really good job in the draft. I think those young players are going to come along much faster than you think. And I think, again, Purdy may not be as good as Garoppolo. I think they're going to miss Garoppolo just a little bit, just a little bit. I know nobody's ever said that in their life, but I'll miss him. Uh, and and so I think they'll miss him a little bit too, and I think it'll just give them just a tick back. I still think they're going to be a really viable team that can contend for a title. Okay, let's uh, switch over to the uh, the other side with the uh, AFC, and uh, we'll do it backwards because we're going to save the AFC East for last because that's the one near, <laughs> nearest and dearest to your heart. So let's start off yes. in the AFC West. Is anybody slowing down the Mahomes train? You know, I, I just don't see it. In fact, I see a lot of disappointment when you go to the AFC West. I see Kansas City kind of rolling doing their thing. I think their defense is going to be a lot better this year. Um, I think they might have the best defense in that division, uh, possibly. I think that that's, you know, maybe a bold statement, but I think that, you know, they've, they've supplemented their guys with a lot of deep uh, cornerbacks that they've drafted over the years. 
I think that that is a as an underrated defense that could play well. And I actually think, you know, I have uh, Vegas finishing ahead of Denver. I have the Chargers finishing ahead of Vegas. So, um, but all those teams are going to be really right at each other. Yep. I do not have any of those teams in the playoffs. Uh, and I know that might be surprising, but the Chargers, I think, will be a disappointing team. I don't oh, wow. see how they improve their defense at all. I think their offense could be really stellar, but I think they're just going to run into trouble with being tough late in the season, as all Chargers teams seem to do. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, mm-hmm. I have I have them finishing second place at eight and nine, and wow. I think that will be I think that will be a fireable cause for Brandon Staley. I do not think he will survive the end of the year, and I think he'll be gone. He might if if they're if you're talking eight and nine, he might not survive the end of the season. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't be surprised. Uh-huh. I'm down on the Chargers this year. Wow, I guess so. How many wins do you think the Chiefs end up with? Uh, I believe I had the Chiefs with 13 minutes. Okay. So 13 for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, and then we have the um, uh, we have the AFC South. And much like the NFC South, uh, the team struggled to get to 500 last year. The Jaguars were the only team to do that. Um, I know you and I talked about this a little bit last week, but they've got to be the class of that division, no? Yeah, I think they are, and I think they win the division going away. I think Tennessee's going to challenge in the middle of the year. You know Brable's going to have his team motivated and playing really hard, but I at the end of the year. They just don't have a lot of talent uh, offensively. And defensively, they've lost some pieces. Their offensive line, they're going to have a lot of young people uh, and unproven dudes. Mm-hmm. So I think that they could challenge, but I think Jacksonville's offense is just too unique. It's it's too much for Trevor Lawrence. is just too good of a talent, and they add talent. But I think they're going away. I've got winning 11 games. Uh, and then, and then, uh, I think the Colts are going to be maybe the worst team in football. Really? I, I really do. I think that this whole thing is going to splash into their face. And I have a uh, Texans finishing ahead of them with five wins. I have the Colts with three wins. Woo. I just, I don't see, I don't see any quarterback that's really going to be able to save them on that team. I think Richardson is raw. Uh, I love Richardson. I love his upside. Be great in the future, but I think this year is going to be a year of growing pains for Anthony Richardson. So the first two divisions we've talked about, we have the division winners making the playoffs, but no wild cards coming out of either one of those divisions. No, we do not. So here we go. This is where things get a little bit crazy. Well, this is this next division. These next two divisions, in my mind, may be the most competitive divisions in football this year. I think it's. I mean, I mm-hmm. these are going to be fun to watch. The Cincinnati Bengals, the defending AFC North champions, but you have a Ravens team that has their quarterback back. You have Kenny Pickett with another year of experience in Pittsburgh, and you have Deshaun Watson that has to prove that he still belongs in the NFL. This is going to be an absolute dogfight. It's going to be an absolute dogfight. I agree. I think all these teams beat up on each other. I think you'll see some surprise sweeps uh, of some teams as well, but that doesn't mean teams miss out on the playoffs. I think that there'll be a lot of teams that may actually benefit from losing to other teams when it's all said and done. But at the end of the day, as great as this division is, somebody's got to win, somebody's got to lose. And I think at the end of the day, the Cincinnati Bengals do win. Uh, I think that, that they, they prevail victorious once again. I'm going to pick the Bengals to win this division. 
Um, I, I do think Joe Burrow will have an outstanding season. I think this could possibly be his MVP swan song for Joe Burrow this year. I think he could be that good. Uh, I love, I love the, uh, the defense. I think they'll start slow, but I think that Lou Anarumo will have them really working well, uh, by the end of the year. And then uh, I think they'll start running away with stuff. I have two teams getting wild card spots okay. in this division. All right. Uh, I have the Baltimore Ravens. Right. But I have finishing just ahead of them in second place, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I think the Steelers, to me, have their guy in Kenny Pickett. Yep. I, I really think that. I think that he is like in the preseason. I think them offense for him to throw to with plenty of weapons like Deontay Johnson, like George Pickens, like Pat Fryermuth. Uh, they've got Najee Harris. They've got a backup in Jalen Warren, who actually is pretty good, a real jump starter that I think is going to be a really talented dude. I think their defense is going to be better. you got to remember, without T.J. Watt last year, they were really good. They, he missed a lot of games. A guy by the name of Alex Highsmith had an unbelievable season. He had 15 and a half sacks. He led the league in forced fumbles, and he just got a huge contract from the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have their tandem defensive uh, defensive ends that can go along with anybody in the NFL, and they're going to be sound defensive football with Mike Tomlin. I like the Steelers to win to win a wild card spot. Cincinnati gets in as the division winner, and Baltimore will also get a wild card spot. Um, well, I mentioned Deshaun Watson. Do you expect that he shows more of the Deshaun Watson pre scandal that we that we did not see really last year? I do think he will. I don't know if he'll get exactly to the 2020 level that he was, 2019, 2020 level. Yep. But I think the Browns are going to be a lot more improved. In fact, Gene, call me crazy. I think the Browns obviously have the best. I think they have the best offensive line in this uh, division, no question. I think their defense will be madly improved. I'm just not sure how disciplined they are. However, I have every team in this division winning double-digit games. I have the Browns in last place really? at 10-7. and seven. I, yes, I do. I wow. the Browns in last place at ten and seven, and I think that this could be one of the wildest finishes. And in the division we're going to talk about next, it gets even crazier. The last game of the year, I think these eight teams, the four games that are going to go on between these eight teams, the last week of the season, all could be flexed into Sunday night football. It could be an absolute craziness fest with how many tiebreakers and things could go go haywire. In these uh, in these two divisions. Wow. Um, all right. Well, then let's get to the AFC East, and then we'll, after we do that, then I want to talk about those those games at the, at the at the last week. That'll be fun to to talk about. You know, one of the things that was interesting when I was looking at the the standings from last year, and you, you looked at the AFC East, and you looked at the net points. You know, the how the, how much you outscored another opponent. I have to tell you, I was shocked to find out. I mean, the Bills outscoring their opponents by 169 points. No shock there. The thing that shocked me was the Patriots were the only other team in that division that had a positive net points. It, yeah. I, you, I would have bet anything that that was not the case. Um, but Buffalo, again, you would think is the class of this division, but the team that everybody is in love with right now is that sexy green team down in New York. Yeah, aren't they? I never heard of green being sexy, but I guess it is. Um, it depends on who's wearing well, it. Well, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the consensus is the New York Jets 
seemed to have a huge, huge hype train yes. going right through Park Avenue, right at, at the Super Bowl parade and all the rest of it. I think that they will be improved. I really do. I think that they'll be a very dangerous team. These will be bloodbaths late in the season. Uh, they have the easiest schedule down the stretch of the last five weeks. Their schedule is extremely soft compared to the other teams in the division. Buffalo's is extremely difficult. Buffalo will have a really tough end of the schedule. Uh, they've got to play Kansas City. They've got to play Philadelphia. They've got to play New England, the Chargers, Miami. They have oh. a lot of teams to play in those last five weeks of the season yep. that are really difficult. So it's going to be a gauntlet. New England has a little bit of a gauntlet as well. And then Miami, I think, is a little softer. So the way I see it is it's going to come down to health. Whoever is the healthiest team at the end of the year, I think is going to win this division, like I said. But there was one off-season move that I think stands out above the rest, and it was a coaching move made by one of these four teams that put them above it for me, and that was the move by the Dolphins to bring in Vic Fangio. Mm -hmm. I think the Dolphins brought in a lot of good talent on the defensive side of the ball. They were trending in the right direction, and Vic Fangio, I think, will get them in the right scheme and the right sets to be able to go out and win this division. I have the Miami Dolphins Come on. winning this division. Oh. Yes, sir, I have the Miami Dolphins winning this division. They will do it with speed. They will do it their way. And then their defense will be massively improved. Again, Gene, I have every team in this division winning double-digit games. I have it again this way. I think that this will be as chaotic a season as you I have all of the teams below them winning 10 games, as crazy as that sounds. But at the end of the day, somebody's got to win that tiebreaker, and that one wild card spot goes to the Bills. The Buffalo Bills. Yeah. I got the Buffalo Bills in there because at the end of the day, I do think Josh Allen can help them rise above some of their, uh, some of their kind of lackluster parts of their team. Their defense is older. Uh, but still viable. I think their running game has much to be improved. I think it could be improved with James Cook rising up, but I think the Bills just have that it, and Josh Allen is that it factor to at least get them into the playoffs. I think it will be a disappointing end for both New England and for the Jets, and for the first time on this show, I have not taken the Patriots to make the playoffs, which is a first for me. So uh, it tells you I'm trying to be as objective as I possibly can, I think this will be a down-to-the-wire end of the season right down to the end of the last game. of the. La I think Bills and Dolphins will be a great flex-in game to, to decide who wins the division there on, on Sunday Night Football Week 18. But I do think the Dolphins end up prevailing, and the Bills go in the last wild-card team to make it up. So you just mentioned the Bills-Dolphins in that final week. What are the other games that, that, uh, that, that you're looking at that last week? Well, I think Jets, Jets and Patriots is another one. I mean, that'll be in New England, okay. uh, possibly wild card spot on the line for there. Yep. Uh, I, I think uh, Cincinnati and Cleveland play at the end of the year All right. uh, as well. So that'll be a really, really tough test. Uh, and and then we've got uh, then we've got Pittsburgh and, and the Ravens as well. So that'll be those any of those games to me could determine the fate of. Really, it's it's going to come down to eight teams for the final five spots wow. on the last week of the season. How crazy is that? Wow. Well, and you know, the, the the reason I had to laugh when you said that the Dolphins were going to win the division is because I know how fond you are of their quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Gene, you know, I had to swallow <laughs> a lot of pride this year. Uh, I had to swallow a lot of pride. I'm not a fan of their quarterback, but their coach, I have found a kind of a, a really resurgence in, in my uh, in my thinking about the game as to how he's doing it. I think he really is on the cutting edge of a lot of a lot of uh, offensive football, and I think Fangio is the perfect guy to marry him with. Coaching wins in this league, I think. I really do. Players win the games. They do. There's a lot of talent. But coaching, I think, can set you so far apart. I think McDermott might have a hard time with doing both his defense and head coaching. I do not trust the Jets coaches. And I think the Patriots have great coaching. I'm just not sure they have the talent to overcome some of those games. I had them getting, I had them going two and four in the division, splitting with the Jets and the Dolphins. I do not see them beating the Bills. And so they can prove that they can beat Josh Allen. I do right. not see them beating them. So I have them, yes, winning 10 games, but I, I don't have them getting to a playoff. Um, wow. Now, I know it's going to be kind of hard to to uh, to see. We don't really – well, you may have done that when you went through the whole schedule. We don't necessarily know what the seeding will be, but if you had to pick right now an AFC championship game, who's, who, who it's going to be? Well, I, lucky for you, I did go through the seeding, and I did kind of go through all the playoff matchups, okay. and I came up with this. Uh, to me, if that's the way the schedule breaks, I think the Cincinnati Bengals will be the number one seed. Uh, I think that they will uh, end up being uh, hosting an AFC title game. We have seen them play the Kansas City Chiefs three years in a row now, is it, or two years in a row? I yep, can't even remember two. now. Yeah. Uh, so it's been it's been uh, it's been those two teams really going at it every year until this year. I think one team stands out to me above the rest to possibly upset Kansas City. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars really have a chance to do it. I, I thought they brought them right to the edge uh, last year in the divisional round when they went to Kansas City. They almost went in and won that game. I think that they have the opportunity to be even better than they were last year. And as good as Kansas City, I think, is, their defense is, is solid. I think their offense still has taken even more steps back in terms of like receiving depth. Um, can they overcome that? Sure. Patrick Mahomes is an animal, but again, I think Trevor Lawrence takes his mother. May I step up to become one of the more elite quarterbacks in this game. And I think it'll be Jacksonville and Cincinnati in Cincinnati for the AFC title. And who wins it? Uh, look, you can only take so many steps forward, right? I think Joe <laughs> Burrow is poised and rhymed to go through. I think Cincinnati's yeah. going to the Super Bowl. I really do. I think Cincinnati okay. on a mission, especially after Losing it the year before last, and then last year, and the way they lost it, where they the, the the major penalty at the end of the game cost them a shot at overtime. I, I think that Cincinnati will get back. NFC Championship game, the Eagles and who? Because I know you have to say the Eagles, or you have to move out of your house. I, I do have to say the Eagles. I just think they're too talented. <laughs> but Gene, let me paint you a picture. Okay. Let me paint you some chaos. If there wasn't chaos already in this league. I'm going to give you even more chaos now. I do think the Eagles will be hosting the NFC Championship game. And for the first time in 28 years, the Dallas Cowboys will be there with them. I think that wow. the Dallas Cowboys will make their way through it. They avoid San Francisco because of their wild card spot. San Francisco has to go to Philly in the divisional round. Don't think they'll make it through. Dallas beats Seattle in that, uh, in that other divisional game. I think the Dallas Cowboys are right there on on the last Sunday in January. Cowboys Eagles round three for a shot at the Super Bowl. Wow! And uh, I assume you're going to say Philly. 
to the Super Bowl? Well, I'm not crazy. Of course I'm going to say that. You know, that's insane to say the Dallas Cowboys are going to be in the Super Bowl. Who would ever say such a thing? I'm not going to say it. Philadelphia, again, uh, Jalen Hurts, the motivation. I love everything about the kid. I love everything about the team. I think they're going back. And you think Philly wins the whole thing? Philadelphia is the best team in the NFL, as I've said multiple times, and I don't think anybody can take that away from them. But you only have to be the best team on one day. Right. I think Cincinnati wins the Super Bowl. I'm going to take the Bengals to get all the way home. I think the Joe Burrow will take his rightful place at at the uh, the top of the world. I think it'll be him and Mahomes now for the rest of time, really, until wow. until somebody can knock them off. I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals, who have suffered for years and years, have never won. And in the fashions that they've lost Super Bowls, is in particular, right. you were go back to 1981. They got stopped on the goal line four times against San Francisco going right. in. You go back to Joe Montana's amazing drive with right. John Candy telling him he's in the end zone. I mean, unbelievable stuff. And then Matt Stafford with the no look pass. I mean, you can you get the the way they have lost their Super Bowls have just been excruciating yeah. for that franchise. And you know, Gene, another thing about the Super Bowl, two points. This would be the first time in the history of the NFL that two teams that had lost the two previous Super Bowls would meet up in the Super Bowl that year. Oh, wow. And on top of that, it would be the first time that two teams in the Super Bowl are playing each other in which their last meeting against each other was a tie. If you go back to 2020, these two teams, the last time they played, they tied when huh. once upon a time Carson Wentz oh. was the Philadelphia Eagle quarterback. So. Him. In Joe Burrow's in Joe Burrow's rookie year, yeah, some some of us do. Um, so I think uh, I think wow. it would be such a fascinating Super Bowl, and I think it would be charismatic. I think great stars, Burrow versus Hurts, two young great quarterbacks, two guys motivated to win at something that it was taken away that slipped through their fingers at the last second. They only got to be the best team on one day. I think Cincinnati is our team. I think Cincinnati Bengals. We'll finally bring Chris Collinsworth a Lombardi trophy on the NBC set. He'll be insufferable. Uh, no, it'll be it'll be insufferable. No uh, questions. It, two more questions. Uh, if you had to sure. pick, who's your MVP? Oh, this is a tough one. If I had to pick one guy, yeah. I mean, it's hard not to go with Hurts. I just think Hurts really played outstanding football last year, and really, if he didn't get hurt at the end of the year, he would have been the MVP. If he can do just a, maybe 80 to 90% of what he did last year, right. I think he's right up the candidacy for the MVP. I think Trevor Lawrence could be a dark horse candidate as well uh, to possibly do that because his division is so terrible. Yep. And he's going to have a ton of time to throw the football against two of those teams. I think Jacksonville might have an opportunity. So I, I would probably say Jalen Hurts number one, though. I think he's probably my first overall candidate. And this one's going to be a harder question. If you had to pick – sure. One rookie to be the biggest impact player in the NFL this year. One rookie. Ooh. Who would that be? And I know this is going to be hard. I mean, I, I didn't I didn't give you this one ahead of time, so I'm just kind of throwing it at you, and you're probably going to have to give me more than one name. But if you had to pick, let's say, you know, two or three guys that are your big impact rookies this year, who are they going to be? Impact rookies. That's going to be – that's super that's – a, that's a difficult one because that would really mean guys are really going to have to set, set their, makers. Yeah. their teams up for yeah. success. Difference makers. Well, I think the first guy to me that comes to mind is Jalen Carter. 
Okay. I think Jalen yep. Carter, to me, I think he could really set them apart because Fletcher Cox is older. I know they got Jordan Davis back there, but Jalen Carter is a different breed. He could be a legit three technique that could totally flip them, okay. totally flip their team. Like, I really think that he could do a lot of damage. Uh, I, I mean, one of the guys that also comes to mind, too, I think B. John Robinson could really lift the Atlanta Falcons. I know I don't have them winning the division. I don't have them making the playoffs. But if he hits as good as we think he's going to be, yep. watch out because the, he could be the next absolute superstar in this team. I don't see any of the rookies' uh, quarterbacks being being in that vein. I really don't. I, I don't. I don't see any of them. Uh, and I really don't see a lot of the rookie receivers. If I was going to pick a receiver, my favorite one so far that I've seen is Jordan Addison from Minnesota. I okay. think he's been outstanding. He's been a great separator. But in terms of impact players, I think Jalen Carter, just to reassure the Philadelphia defensive line, he could really be not just a great, a good player. He could be one of the best players on that defense. Really? Wow. Well. Yeah. So then that that uh, that's probably your early pick for so they could act, re- theoretically have the MVP and and the the rookie of the year on the same team. Yeah, that good. Wow. <laughs> they are that good. And and and, and, and yet we still and yet we, hurts motivated. And we still have the Bengals winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, just, I know. I'm just checking. I know. Just, I'm gonna just, hear plenty. Just checking. I'm gonna hear plenty. Of, it's it's one day of the year, Gene. Yeah, it's one day of the year. Yeah, yeah, that, you're right, and it's not. You know, all, the, I'll, two words uh, come to mind when you think about that. Trent Dilfer. One day. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, not, not, nothing against Trent. Had a pretty good defense helping him out. He though, did. But that's he, okay. he, he did, but uh, but you know, anything is possible. So. Yeah, well, anything is. Well. Um, you you actually uh, you've surprised me. You really have. Uh, there's a couple. You know, there was some things I expected, and I the the biggest surprise I think of everything that we went through is how down you are on the AFC West. Uh, I have to be honest with yeah. you. I expected with Jimmy Garoppolo there for you to have the Raiders in in the playoffs. I I really did. I wow. I, I figured you love Jimmy G, and you were going to get him in the playoffs one way or the other. Uh, but but uh, I do love Jimmy G, but. So the great thing about doing this exercise is that you cannot have bias when you run through the entire True. league schedule week by week. It really puts things in perspective and say, you've got to decide what the situation between these two coaches, what, how many games have they lost in a row? How many, you know, you've really got to make some really tough decisions. In that, and I know sometimes it gets crazy out of the gate. But I think truly, truly, this could be one of the wildest endings to an NFL season we've ever seen. I have to ask, how uh, how much did you and Maddie agree when you were going through this? Well, I haven't heard Maddie's yet, so oh, we're oh, going to hear haven't? that when ah. we do our. No, I haven't, and ah. and usually we have plenty of disagreements. Yeah, uh, You're I'd have like some to here. think I'm more right. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to think I'm more right. You know, well, he's so, a hockey, um, he's a hockey uh, guy. Yeah, but he he's pretty good with his stuff. He's pretty good with his stuff, and I I try to keep him in perspective. And he's pretty good. So he's had some that have hit. He's had some that not so hit. I.e., last year I had the Jags. He had the Colts. I had that one workout. So I you know I, I try not to boast. I try not to boast. He's a good dude, and he'll have about how crazy I am picking <laughs> picking eight teams to finish with ten with uh, with ten or more wins or twelve teams and ten teams. 
with 10 or more wins in the AFC. It'll be crazy. <laughs> oh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Well, you'll be able to hear the Sunday card this weekend on uh, Sports Country. And, Dan, uh, I am looking forward to uh, to the rest of the to the season getting started, I'm tired of the two. We've already played two preseason games, and I'm already sick of it. So I can't wait till they lace them up for real. By the way, one last thing, you know, one one thing that was interesting, there were a lot of people that were kind of surprised that this week we're going to see uh, some of the big names play a little bit more than you might expect. A lot of times they get their reps early, and then they take the last preseason game off. But for instance, the Jets have kind of done things the opposite way, where it sounds like mm-hmm. it sounds like Aaron Rodgers is going to get a lot of run this week. Yeah, I mean I, that's the person that I most want to see. I think everybody's got to tune in to see Aaron Rodgers in number eight in green. I mean he's going to be. It's really going to be interesting. I can't wait to see that. Yeah, I think some teams run it differently than others. You know, because there's two weeks in between, because a lot of guys, especially veterans, like to sit for a lot of the preseason. The Jets, remember, had four games. Right. The Jets, had, the Jets have four, not three. Forgot so, about that. Yeah. you know, I, I, think, I think that's probably a little bit of the reason why. Um, I think, look, this is the final dress rehearsal. Man, it's the big show. You have no more, no more room for error. And the Jets, Jets really need to have their veteran players play, get the first taste of this hype right out of the gates and get into MetLife Stadium. They're playing against the Giants. It's an important preseason game for New Yorkers. Uh, and, and they'll be seeing the Giants later this year, too. Right. So I think that, that that'll be maybe a factor as well. I'm so excited to see Aaron Rodgers there. I, I can't wait to see what he looks like. The question on everybody's mind, will the Jets and Giants be the NFL equivalent of the Yankees and the Mets in 2023? <laughs> I can't wait to see it. <laughs> should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I sh- can't wait to see it either because I'm hoping for another crumble, and you know how I feel uh, about yeah, the whole situation. I, I do. Well, Dan, thanks for uh, for spending some time with us this morning. I uh, I I look forward to uh, to I'm going to have these laminated, and they will be on my desk <laughs> every week when we do this uh, when we do this segment. So thanks for a few minutes this morning. I appreciate it. Absolutely, Gene. God bless. And enjoy the college football this weekend. It's it's not just next weekend, but college football finally begins. So Can't wait. Be oh, wait a minute. I know what I got to ask you. Oh, okay. hold on. Hold Hang on. on. Wait a minute. <laughs> Stop the boat. Uh, Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Taking the first three weeks off, hoping that's going to be enough so the NCAA doesn't come down hard. And I, all I will say is the following. You know, it's not exactly like the the uh, Michigan Wolverines have gone out on a limb by suspending him for those first three games because not for nothing, they could put my daughter on the sidelines as the head coach with those first three games. What, <laughs> East Carolina, uh, Bowling Green, yeah. and I can't remember who the other one is, the, you know, the Little Sisters of the Poor or something. I mean, come <laughs> on, really? I mean, you know, if you're going to suspend them, suspend them for something that matters. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not sure this is fundamental. I mean, it's, it's paying for a kid's cheeseburger, you know. I mean, yeah. it, it is what it is. But uh, but look, I think Michigan is going to have a great season. I yeah. think uh, from what I've been told and from what I'm hearing on on not just the media side, but also maybe the Vegas side and also at Michigan side, is that this that they plan on playing in the national championship game and they want Georgia bad. So I, I expect nothing less. That's why they're the number two team in the country. I'm not sure Georgia's going to get there. Oh, and now I, he's being bold. Well, look, and here's the thing. I live in Georgia country. I live 
two hours from the University of Georgia. But to me, you know, the quarterback situation in Georgia is that's still a question mark. I mean, I, you know what I mean? I mean, I'm not I'm not convinced yet. Now, after they have, you know, outscored everybody 50 to 2, you know, in the first the first five or six games, I'll probably change my tune. But I still think there's room for somebody else in the SEC to pull an upset this year. I, I I agree with you. I I I think you need to watch out for LSU. Yep. I think they'll be a good team, and I think I think uh, I think Georgia though, Gene. I know you're concerned about the quarterback. Quarterback's only going to have to score 17 points a game because their defense ain't going to allow much more that's than that. Point. You know, and good point. That's a good point. Good point. All right, now we're really going <laughs> to now we're really going to call it a, a day. Dan, thanks very much. <laughs> Look forward to talking to you next week. Take it easy, Gene. God bless. Dan Zampano here on Sports Country Radio. That is going to do it for us here this morning on the wake-up call. I'm glad you uh, spent some time. Dan Zapano is the greatest ever. I, you know, we have so much fun doing this. Uh, we will not have Dan on next week. Matter of fact, we will not have a show next Friday. But we'll be here on Monday for another edition of the wake-up call. Hope you can join us then. Until then, have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you on Monday. You've been listening to the wake-up call on Sports Country.